<laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. The Wealth Creation Show this Monday is the compounding effect. Now, this session, uh, Jim's coming in re remotely, so um, just uh, bear with us with a wee bit of glitch. We'll, 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 we'll be with you uh, for the duration. This is an interactive session. Please have paper and pen ready. Take notes on this one, guys. It's really going to be quite a lot of content that we're going to go through today a lot of tips and advice on how to train yourself through your habits and your choices and and the the benefits of the compounding effect and and having the ability to let things compound over a, a period of time to really seek the benefits and ultimately be successful in what you're doing so we're a wee bit early today so take time um grab a coffee get a pen a paper um and like i say keep taking notes we're not on tiktok and things today because obviously Jim's location, but we are on here. We're live and interactive. Please jump on the comments, ask any questions. We'll answer them as we go if we can. If we feel they're relevant. If not, we'll do it at the end. Um, yeah, Jim, so you're, you're, where are you? I'm at Heathrow Airport and then the be live. Yeah, so uh, the, the picture and that's good and your sound's quite good, so we should be, we should be able Listen, to Richard, I've got to say, um, what we've put together here in terms of content for people yep. out there, is, uh, is nothing short of remarkable, considering that when I first started, I had nothing like this at all. And and these questions and um, guidance notes that yeah. we're going to give people today is, is going to accelerate them to, to massive amounts of wealth that people actually actually do this. You know, and I mean do it. Because, you know, we're all, we're all like going to functions, we're all like meeting other people, more like the tribe mentality, um, but the reality is we've got to, You've got to do something. You can't just you can't just appear every single time and it ends up costing you time and money, without you actually doing anything at all and and hoping at some point in time you'll you'll have a flash of a bolt of lightning will come from the sky and hit you and say I've got to do something. And, and effectively that's what it is. If it if it is to be, it's up to me. Yeah. That's what you should be saying to yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's really good to network and meet people, and I'm quite a people person and things as well. And you, But like you see, you could go around all these different functions and events, and you could do that for years. But really, you need to you need to find something to take away and actually implement. Um, and what we're going to, a lot of what we're going to cover today is really useful um, and handy thing. I, I was reading through it myself, and I've, I've said before, obviously, discipline and things is quite a difficult thing for a lot of people and, and I find to discipline myself to do things sometimes can it's a challenge but it's all part of the it's all part of the process yep. to be successful and I, I think if you're on the journey to creating your own wealth then these are that these are part of the journey that you really need to concentrate on and uh, implement consistently to be successful and a lot of the most successful people have done this um, and we, we go on to talk about that um, making consistent small incremental changes and letting things compound up over a longer period of time. And ultimately, that's how they become successful and wealthy. I, I, still don't think, I, I still don't think a lot of people out there understand the value of compounding, compounding what yeah. it really is worth. Um, I mean, Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Moha, talks about it all the time. It's the eighth mm -hmm. wonder of the world. Yeah. Because it'll, it'll blow you away. I mean, how on earth is it that a janitor working in the school could end up being a millionaire when they retire? And the guy that's actually working, or, or the person that's actually working in a high-profile position, earning 150,000 a year, ends up retiring on nothing, absolutely nothing. Because once followed a track of discipline 
and and they've applied the coping of effect, whereas the other is just throw caution to the wind and and thought their pension's going to save them. <laughs> yeah, and that's just not going to be the case for a lot no. of people now. And Never. people now think, oh, my workplace pension will do that, but it's not. No. Workplace pensions have had it. Um, you're kidding yourself if you think you're going to retire and have a fortune. Because uh, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, so, as I say, we'll be a bit, we'll a bit early this, the, this afternoon, Jim. So, just uh, giving a couple of minutes for people to join in. And, uh, like I say, keep that pen and paper handy. Take a lot of notes. You can always watch these back and you've got the podcast and things that we'll put out after we're finished. But it's good to take your own notes and, and read over them and sometimes if you're taking notes and you do it quite quickly and it's always good maybe to rewrite them and then obviously absorb that a wee bit better um right note note taking is essential when it comes to this now i'm a student every single time and the reason for that is regardless of what i've achieved so far um the reason for that is because when you write something down and you read it as well at the same time as well as listen to it the retention is a lot lot higher uh, so I'll write down the same thing over and over again at, at different functions. And years ago, I used to say, why am I writing it down again? But I get it straight away now. Mm-hmm. I understand and I have complete faith and belief that actually by doing this, um, I will be successful as a result and the retention will be a lot higher. Um, let me give you an example of this. Um, Olympic runner, um, Olympic swimmer. I remember the story. It was... Uh, Frank Dick, I think it was, and he was the coach to all the Olympians and the, the I think it was the England rugby team. Um, he had actually said in his book, there's a guy that actually rinses his cottage cheese. And and why does he rinse his cottage cheese? Because the, the microcalories with the fluid that goes round about the cottage cheese, he believes that will that get rid of that will make a fundamental difference in, in, in maybe a tenth or a hundredth of a second, which will, which will allow him to win a race. Because sometimes races are won and lost in a tenth of a second, yeah. or even lower. And literally, that's what he was, that's, that's what he was doing. And that, every single time he disciplined himself, and, and he rinsed his cottage cheese for that reason. And, and think about the, in the isolated moment, that doesn't mean much. But when you compound that over the time that he's training all the time, He's having that every single day. That's 365% improvement if it's a 1% improvement every day over a year. Compound that over 10 years, that's a 3,650% improvement. That's a huge difference. That's, yeah. how you do, that's how you create extreme wealth and from, from nothing, from absolutely nothing. You could be cold and stony broke right now, but in the next 20 to 30 years, you could be a multi-millionaire and I know that for a fact just by disciplining yourself applying all these rules as well as other things we teach in the world creation tree because it's not all just about this okay so let's crack up yeah we've got people joining now and we're we're on we're on track time-wise so yeah let's look at the compounding effect and 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 look at it and in action as such um now the compounding effect I mean it's really the principle of reaping huge rewards from a small series of smart choices and then consistently making these smart choices over a long period of time, as you said there, Jim. Um, and that is what's made the most successful people in the world successful, ultimately. And this is the whole thing about having the knowledge about where the compounding effect can actually take you and what you need to do 
during that time in order to get the, the best results. Um, so yeah, looking at an action, uh, small changes in your life and decision making may seem unimportant. Do you know what I mean? These small incremental things, but still, if they're done consistently, like the cottage cheese thing, like you just says, Jim, uh, they yeah. can make a huge difference. Um, now, this is a really good scenario we're going to, we're going to reference, Jim. And we've spoke about this before, and we've actually heard it in training uh, courses and, and events and things that we've attended. And it is used as an example um, by a lot of people. And, and it's amazing when you think about it, and people never, ever know the right answer. So the, the, the scenario here is, for example, if someone's to come and offer you, say, £3 million right now, or they were to give you a penny that doubles up in value every day for 31 days, which is a month, which would you choose to go for? Three million pound in your hand. I would take three million right now. And that's what most people obviously say. And I yeah. the first time I was asked that, I thought, well, of course I would take the three million. But really, once you look at the actual compounding effect that the one penny would have doubling up every day for 31 days, then it's actually, ultimately it will be more. The humans are naturally, um, we're, we're just naturally obviously going to pick the three million um, as an immediate gain. And that's what most people would do. However, if your primary goal is to be successful as possible, the second option is always better. Uh, with the second yeah. option, you're going to end up at the end of the 31 days with your penny doubling up every, every day for these 31 days. I've got 10 million here in the notes, but it's actually, we, we spoke off camera, Jim, and it's actually slightly more than that. It's actually closer to 10 and a half million yeah. by the yeah. end of 31 days. So think of 31 days if you waited, would you rather have 10 and a half, 10 or 3? And that's it. That's it. Yeah. The experiments are done every single time when you have the class of children, don't they? And they put the sweets in front of them and they say, look, you can have these wee bag of sweets just now. Or if you wait till the class is over, we can give you like another five bags. And all mm -hmm. the, most of the kids just go, I'll just have the sweets now. Because they don't understand the principle of actually waiting and delayed gratification. But success doesn't happen quickly, remember. For example, after 19 days in this scenario, you only have about £5,243. And at that point, you might feel like choosing the second option was actually a bad idea. Yeah. However, you have to look at the bigger picture and the long-term goal. This is all about having faith and belief in yourself. If you don't have faith and belief in yourself, you will never achieve anything, no matter what. Someone could come down on a... On a a, a golden helicopter, you know, and, and with loads of money. And they could just say, there you go, have that right now. Yeah. But if you don't have faith and belief in yourself, it will mean nothing to you at all, and you'll lose the whole lot. Because you're not disciplined, you're not, you don't understand how to keep money. That's probably one of the key principles here. Yeah. A lot of people can make money, but they don't understand how to keep it. So it's faith and belief in yourself. The second option is a compound, that's compound interest. And, and we can produce compound gains in our lives by making um, correct decisions uh, consistently over time. Um, so no for the benefit of, uh, from the compound is fantastic benefits. We have to be patient, we have to keep faith. Compounding is impacting us every day. So we must see it for our benefit. So how can you start doing this, Richard? What are the things that people can do? The four, four key things that people can do right now to make a difference. Yeah, I think a lot of people will ask that question, like, oh, you make it sound so easy. How can I do that? I want to start doing that. And if you really do want to start doing that and, and you have that commitment, is firstly, take responsibility for your own life. 
you know, you take responsibility. Don't you, a lot of people pass responsibility for things. Take responsibility. I think is number one. Um, write down six positive steps that you can implement into your daily life. Uh, no matter how small, and that's why they, they, they might seem very small and and, and important. But if you can so make talk about, small changes, let me talk about these six small steps. Take responsibility in your life is one of the key ones, which you said the other night, Richard. Yep. A lot of people just let other people take responsibility for their life. And for example, their employer, um, for example, their bank manager, um, their doctor, um, their solicitor, just their friends and family. They let them take responsibility for their life. And they should be taking their own responsibility, making their own decisions based on information from these people. Yes, you can have information from their sources, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean you've got to take their advice as gospel. You collate the facts. This is a classic example of the UK economy. Where was the recession? I predicted it would never harm. Where was the fact that, well, we all know inflation's going to never be under control by the end of the year. We all know base rates are going to continue to rise. But despite the fact that other think tanks out there are supposed to be really good at what they do, and they're supposed to be the people that you're supposed to talk to, um, and, and they say, yeah, no, no, interest rates are not going to rise, and they're going to start to fall next year. I write. They're not. Don't kid yourself. They're not. Um, so this is the type of things about taking the right information. Now, I could be completely wrong. So, hey, show them my opinion. But based on the facts I can see right now, interest rates will continue to rise, base rates. But more importantly, inflation won't be under control by the end of the year, or interest rates will not drop by next year either, I don't think, in my opinion. I can't see any compelling evidence for this. So take responsibility for your own life. The six positive steps that you talked about can be implemented in your daily life, no matter how small. This is so simple. Let me explain to you about the six positive steps. You might have some of yourself, Richard, that's not talking about this. Getting up at a particular time during in the morning. Yeah. You know, discipline yourself. Rather than actually just saying, I'll just I'll just wait till the sun gets round to the, the west of the <laughs> the west of the house. That's evening, by the way. Um so that's the sort that's the sort of thing. You've got to you've got to and if you if you struggle getting up, just do your five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. In other words, if you know you've got to be up by half six rather than seven, because you used to sleep into seven, then just at half at half six, just go five, four, three, two, one, and I'll guarantee you'll get out of your bed. The other one is drink a pint of water every day. So just start off straight away by drinking a pint of water. Your body then starts to reset. It starts to get into it. It starts to get ready for for food. Another classic example is eat something. Nutritional, for example, um, veg and that before you actually eat a main meal, before you start on carbs, because the veg actually helps everything digest properly and absorbs less sugar, and also the insulin level drops as well. And it doesn't need to do enough work as much work as it should. Yeah, I think it's your pancreas. Um, plus, example as well is if you're disciplined to walk 5k a day, five kilometers, even if it's one kilometer, even if it's, even if it's just go out the back garden. Just start with small, small habits. Have you got anything else you could think about six positive habits on that line, Richard? Uh, on the flip side, right now. Yeah. Uh, well, do you know the drinking water thing and eating more fruit and, and obviously the, the time up, getting up in the mornings, all things that I've changed recently. Also, on the flip side, is going to bed at a certain time. I used to be so bad for staying up too late. And then that in turn would obviously stop me from getting up in the yeah. morning. So I've tried to kind of regulate the time that I go to sleep and things as well. And also exercise for me has been a big one. And I think when you no. get... 
it's quite important you're actually saying just exercise, just go to your bed at a certain time, but name that thing. Yeah. Name that exercise. Yeah. Be quite you know, don't don't just say I'll exercise more. Tell yourself what you're gonna do to exercise more. Write down the precise details. So yeah. yes, you can put this in a in a context and a summary of overview right now. Mm-hmm. But then just discipline yourself to actually say what it is you're gonna do. For example, for me, it's three sets of squats, scissors, and and lunges. And that's to get my knee back into shape yeah. every single morning. It's a pint of cold press juice every single morning for me. It's a pint of water before I drink a pint of cold press juice. So this is all the different things that I actually do as a discipline and habit start. And so this is getting back to, you know, um, habits of successful yeah. people. Um, so we've got lots and lots of things and you do them yourself. I'd be interested to hear what other people do as well in the comments and see what, you know, they do in their habits, what they've developed now. Um, also, this is key as well. Write down negative actions that you frequently do, no matter how small, and attempt to eradicate them. Here's a classic example. As soon as I get in the door, round about, I think it's, I immediately go for the news at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a habit. I just go in the news at six o'clock. Now, it, it, there's no information that the news can tell me it will change my life. So why do I do it? It's a bad habit. It's just a habit I formed. So I could easily, easily eradicate that. Um, have, you got anything, have you got anything you could think about, Richard? I think um apart from Friday night boozing. <laughs> yeah, well apart from that, but uh, yeah, obviously well alcohol is one. And and I mean know that yeah. I was never I never used to drink alcohol through the week. But I like to go at the weekend, but I've, I've stopped my weekends as such. I mean, couldn't tell you the last time I was in a pub and things, but then I think that comes I was gonna say that comes naturally as you grow up, but then not for everybody. I mean, obviously, but um also spending habits and things were for me was a big thing. Um, and even just changing, like, I used to go to Starbucks a lot and things, so and eradicated that and saved an absolute fortune. <laughs> um, well, so they were all kind of habits that I used to get. On a bigger scale for me, um, eradicated caffeine. Yeah. So I don't touch caffeine at all now. Um, vegan, so I don't touch dairy, and I don't have meat either. Uh, I, I try to do organic a lot, because there's a lot of pesticides that are actually in, in, in yeah. put into our system. Um, which your body tries to eradicate every single time and fights all the toxins well it can't heal anything else. Hence the reason why I believe that a lot of cancers are actually formed, because your body's too busy fighting all the stuff that you're putting in it. It doesn't have time to actually fight what your body's what's happening to your body itself. Um alcohol, another one as well. Yeah. Gave up that as well. So I gave up that about seven years ago. I just thought I've had enough, can't be bored with it anymore. Other than just I got sick to death. I just got sick and tired to be sick and tired. Um, and that's another one as well. There is people out there who just get to a point and they'll be sick and tired, they'll be sick and tired. Yeah. So it's the negative actions it will also help you. So combined with the positive ones, combined with the negative ones, that's a really good one as well. What's the fourth point we need to consider? There's also, I mean, there's, there's areas where people maybe used to be successful, but no longer do. Um due to maybe just complacency or, or just... Yep. And you, and, I mean, I'm trying to think as I'm offhand, actually, but there, there's bound to be something that everybody's saying, God, I used to do that all the time and I don't do it anymore. Um, why do I'll, I not do that? One. And that's I'll the question right you should now. ask yourself. Why do you not do it anymore? One for me is uh, weekends. Mm-hmm. 
you know, discipline myself to do certain things at the weekends. I no longer do it. I mean, they used to go out all the time and I used to pop off across and I used to do uh, vlogs and vlogs in certain areas of the, the local community at the weekends. And, and I've kind of gone off the boil with that a bit. But that's because I went away to Jamaica um, in November and Good see how that's completed. The fact that I just lost my train and lost my habit. Yeah, got you that safe little bit. So that was quite a difficult as well. Um, please make your way to your respective So that, you know, the, the number of if videos, somebody actually said to me the other day, I don't really games, see you on, you do need to on social media anymore. And that was, that was in somebody in Aldis. When I was at the checkout, one of the people in Aldis, I don't really see you on video anymore. I've kind of got the team doing that as well now. But it just shows you people do know this. They do know this that you're actually at your change of habit, even though I didn't know this. Because I thought I was still churning it out. I mean, we're still yeah, putting but... out 600 pieces of content every single week. Yeah. But, but me personally, I'm not churning it out. I was just going to say, you do. There is still a lot of content you do, but you spend a lot of time doing your series, like your, your million, uh, Millionaire Mindset and your do you yeah. mean, all the lockdown series and everything. You spend a lot of time doing that, and a lot of people interacted with that. And maybe you've deviated for that slightly, and that's where obviously people are thinking. I don't see you on social media as such. You on a personal level, what you talking? Obviously, you, you do a lot of this kind of content and things. But and look uh, at the look at the other ones like the scams. That, you know, watch out for these scams and putting them over the community pages, and mm-hmm. watch out for this could happen to you and that could happen to you, and giving people content and advice on on yeah. on things that could actually to watch out for all these different scams. So yeah. you know, I used to do that a lot, um, and and you know, it's it's just a habit of getting back to that. Yeah. So yeah, I think that from that, it's uh, creating good habits and eliminating the bad ones as well, and then maybe maybe bringing back good habits that you had that you've maybe strayed away from due to whatever reason. Um, yeah. So they're they're things yeah to think about definitely if you want to if you want to start being successful and and, and know how to get this consistency and things on the go, then I'm these just, are the you know what I'm no, you know I'm, I'm saying to myself, how dare you take a holiday, Jim? <laughs> it's like, but genuinely, that's that's how I, that's who I think about myself. It's like, how dare you take a holiday, Jim? It's like it's that sort of negative self talk that yeah. actually gets you gets you into trouble, and it's keep it constantly going. And I've got a real, I have a real bad habit of just saying yes to everything. You know. I would go to the opening event. This used to be the standard joke, and you know that still exists probably. I would yeah. go to the opening of an envelope event for the Muckles, yeah. and that's how disciplined and obsessed I've been what I've done. I just did that podcast actually with Chris uh, in London, mm-hmm. and we talked, and, and by the time I got to the end, I thought, this should just this podcast should just be called Obsession, <laughs> Jim Parker's <laughs> Obsessions. Because <laughs> that's all I talked about, how obsessed I am about doing certain things and habit stacking in order to be overall successful at what I do. And yet, how much more do I need? But I still feel that I should keep doing it in order to make the money to give it to people that need it. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. why, that's the only reason I keep doing it. But that's yeah. my obsession. And it probably keeps me sane as well, to be honest. I know what it was like when I retired at 38 and I had my year lost in translation, you know, about what do I do now? <laughs> I could just sit on the beach for the rest of my life and drink pina coladas. Um, and that was then, quite then difficult really to overcome that. To, I mean, some people might, but who does really want to do that? I mean, you would, you would really need to have purpose, I think. Um, or you're oh, I said, that to, I said that to somebody the other day and they said, that would be a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that'd be my idea, hell, genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think for certain people, driven and purpose is, is what gives them 
meaning in life. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing, nothing more joyous than actually giving to someone else and helping someone else on their journey. And the reward is far greater than anything you could ever have. Money can never buy that experience at all, ever. No. Um, and I think that's really important. And um, so, so let's let's talk about choices. Yeah, I was just going to say. So if you're going to take responsibility of your life, if you're going to do these six positive steps, or you're going to look at eradicating six negative points and things. In order to do all this, you need to make choices, uh, and that's the most important thing. It's what choices you make. If you want to have more, or you want to become more. Success is not something you could go and purchase. You need to be able to make it harm, and that is done through choices. Um, you have to stop living your life. I love this actually. You have to stop living your life on autopilot, and instead yeah. start and start instead start making conscious decisions within your own life. And that's what that's what this whole taking responsibility is. Um, it's easy to fall into that autopilot mode. Um, that. Um, that isn't concise to obtain in any of your life goals or any of your, yeah. your benchmarks that you want to meet. And sometimes we have to actively and consistently make decisions to stay on track in order to, to reach our goals. Exactly. Become the person you should have always been. Mm -hmm. The person that you think you should be is the person that you should become. Yeah. And begin to act. This is now everybody talks about fake it till you make it. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but you're not lying to yourself. What you're doing is you're you're saying where do I want to be in five, ten years' time? What type of person would I be to become that person? And what type of person? What things would I have to do to become that person? And start to do them right now. That's exactly what I talk about with my team. Like if you want to be, for example, like, here's you a classic example of it. You never became the lettings director by accident, didn't did you? The reality was, I said to you, what does a lettings director have to be? And you said, well, we'll have to, probably have to do some business courses. And said, okay, so what business course did you do to do that? You know, what yeah. business course did you do? Yeah, I done H&D business management. There you go. So you did that H&D business management, and that's the type of person that you had to be for that reason. And that's what made the difference to how you ended up where you were right now. Mm -hmm. Or you would never have been the lens director yeah. if you hadn't have done that. Because and you I wouldn't have the necessary information and experience. And you wouldn't have had the education in order to become that person. So you imagined what it would be to be the lens director. And then you worked towards it. And you became that person. This is why. This is the difference. A lot of people are in jobs. And they to themselves and, and I'm trying to get this message across correctly maybe there are for example take our industry a lot of people are maybe sales negotiators and because they're actually signing people up all the day they immediately say I should be in a stage and then they go to the boss and say I should be in a stage and then you say to yourself well okay what have you done to be in a stage oh I've just signed lots of people up but, but have you actually done that or is that the system that's generated that so what you know what I mean so yeah that's a classic example. So, you, so there's a there's a misnomer about if I get paid that. For example, if I get paid that and I'm, I've got that job, then I'll become that person. No, no, that's to, probably yeah. that's probably key. If I get paid that and I get that job title, I'll then become that person. No, you won't. You have to earn that spot. That's how you become that person. Yeah. When you earn the experience and you do the time. 
that's when you become successful. Look at Ed Sheeran. How many pubs and clubs and how much training did he go through? Absolutely back at Glastonbury Festival, where he appeared on the BBC Introducer stage in 2010 uh-huh. on the BBC Introducer stage. Now, before that, he had done lots of huge amount of uh, um, training and honing his craft. He didn't get to that stage being on the BBC Introducer stage. And now we're 13 years on. Everybody talks about him and says, wow, what an overnight success. No, he worked, he worked no, hard for a long time, no. yeah. I think he's been working hard ever since he's been about three or four years old. Yeah. <laughs> and it's never stopped. It's been an obsession for him. So he became the person he wanted to be. And that's why he ended up where he is now. Yeah. That's the key. So stop. It's what you said. Stop living your life in autopilot. You're making the conscious decisions within your life. And it's easy to fall into this autopilot mode like everybody does. Live for the weekend, home to work routine during the week, nine till yeah. five, home to work, home to work, home to work, home to work, live for the weekend. Reset Monday, home to work, home to work, home to work, home to work, live for the weekend. That's autopilot. Yeah. That is called a routine. And routine is French for a rut. Yeah. Which is a which is a, a grave with the ends kicked out. I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you know, it's funny when you reference, you do reference the weekend and everybody has really got that ingrained in them to obviously the working week and in the weekend things. And like you say, when I went to study uh, business management, yeah, when I went to do business management things, the only way for me to be able to do that was I had to incorporate it, I had to do it at the weekends. And I then disciplined myself and changed and made that choice to go and study and attended college on the Saturday. I needed to use all my extra time to study. Um, and And when I got into that, into the, the, the swing of doing that, and it was a great sense of achievement. And I was I was like, do you know, because I was very much like the weekends, the weekend kind of thing. I'm not like that now, obviously, because I don't have time. But do you know, my weekend still time, but I used it to study and I used it to accelerate my own position professionally as well. Absolutely. Do you know why that happens? Because the people round about you do the exact same thing yeah. and they want you to do the exact same thing as them. It's live for the weekend. Yeah. It's a tribe mentality. Mm-hmm. In order to be in that 5% group, because there's an 85% group, that's people that work till they die, that probably retire on less than what they can afford to retire on right now. Um, and and some people that just didn't make it at all because they get, get too old that they die before then. That's the 95% group. The 5% group is the people that step out of their comfort zone and actually do these type of things, regardless of where you are. You're in the 5% group by the things that you do not the money that you have yeah i know a lot of people are 200,000 a year but they're not in the five percent group yeah because they'll never be financially free and they'll never be wealthy because they live and they spend at the same time mm-hmm. they probably spend 199,999 pounds out of the 200,000 they make every year they, they save nothing or invest nothing for the future and they think they're always going to have that. Footballers are a classic example, aren't they? They've got yeah. a finite life. Some of them invest heavily in what they're doing. Michael Jordan's a classic example, isn't he? He invested in himself <laughs> as a brand. You've watched yeah. the Michael Jordan story and on, on Netflix, I think it is. It showed you straight away how he became completely disciplined to have his own brand. And he, yeah. won, he was the first person in sports to actually get a licensing fee from the NBA 
for every single thing it was sold. It was never allowed before. It was never done. And he broke that mould. Because he said, no, no, this is what we're doing. His mother actually did it. So that's a, that's a fundamental difference. It's people that will change the rules to suit themselves, to accommodate what they want to achieve. Yeah. So conscious decision-making means that you need to start taking responsibility for your relationships in life and start taking responsibility for the mistakes that you make. You are where you are because of the decisions you've made and the decisions you've failed to make in your life and someone else has made them for you. That's probably, that's probably a key thing. Now, all these things I remember, see these phrases that I come up with? I've never made them. I just stood on the shoulders of giants and that's exactly what they told me. So this is 35 years ago. I'm still remembering these things stick with me, hardwired into my DNA. And that's why I've been disciplined to be where I am right now. And and we'll go on. But these things will always be relevant. Way yeah. outside of that. Yeah. yeah. Nothing will stop me. I know that. And even if I lost everything tomorrow, I'd get it all back. It's easy enough to do. Yeah. You just create the habits that you do it and you just stick to them and you just don't lie down, you just keep going. Hang around a lot longer than everybody else. That's all you're doing. So take responsibility for your luck. Luck can be summed up. This is a key here. As an individual's preparation, their attitude, their opportunity, and then their action. Don't use luck as an excuse as you have control over your luck. Labour under correct knowledge. That's all luck yeah. stands for. Do you know, some people would reference successful people and, oh, they're really lucky, and it's like, well, no, they're not lucky. They're just, they're smart, and they made the right choices, and they disciplined themselves, and that's where yeah. they are, yeah. where they are through their own choices and their own discipline, not just because they're lucky. You just, do you know look, what I mean? If you, if you look behind everybody that's become successful and, and, and round about with your friends, the ones that have really become successful in what they're doing, Classic example for me at Tiller Russell. There were some people that worked on the shop floor. They ended up becoming the mill managers in charge of the actual production. Now, they started on the shop floor like everybody else started on the shop floor. But they went to university in night school and actually did an MBA in business management. Is that right what you're doing? And that's why they got where they got. But everybody else on the shop floor sneered at them as if to say, you just got that because you were too far up in the building, mill manager's backside. Yeah. <laughs> or the managing directors, you know, and, and that's all they put it down to. Now, that's how they reconciled the fact that they didn't do the effort and another person did. Yeah. That's exactly Justifying it to themselves why they're not as successful as the other person. Yeah. Basically putting it down, oh, you're just brown-nosing. Um, and that's so, how they Yeah, do exactly. So I think the key to this and what you should do then in your choices is start to track all the small decisions that you make on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, if you want to be more, more productive, track how many hours you're actually working. Track how many hours you're actually sitting on the phone. Um, how long it takes to shower in the morning. You know, when I do all these things in the morning, I combine everything. Yeah. So I'm extremely efficient and extremely productive. I'm listening to Diary of a CEO straight away when I get up. And it's going in at the same time as making my juice, at the same time as having a bath. I've got a television in the bath for yeah. that reason. Well, not in the bath. I know. <laughs> in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I lost all my hair. Um, <laughs> I just went and then fell out. Um, but you know, I mean, I'm very productive for what I do. And even yeah. when I'm in the car, sometimes I'll listen to it on the Bluetooth. 
as well. I, and these are all key things. So track how many hours you're sitting on the phone, how long it takes to do a shower in the morning, keep track of the small decisions that compound towards the way uh, to get to your higher goal, and it will keep you on track for that reason. Start these things now. Sooner you implement these changes, the faster they become habits, and the sooner you'll, you'll reap rewards. So, how can you start doing this, Richard? What are the three key things? This is a this is a writing down moment for everybody out there. Yeah. What are the three key things you can start doing? The three key things are identify the areas of your life you want to change, mm-hmm. and then identify the parts of this area that you are not taking responsibility for. So think about like the areas you want to change, and think right, I'm not taking responsibility for the areas of this this whatever uh, the yeah. the uh, aspect of your life it is, and then start tracking at least one behavior 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 related. Um, to this area of your life. So what is it? What is your behaviour like that's causing you um, to not take responsibility for this area of your life? Yeah. This is the key here. This sounds so simple to do. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right, it is. And people actually think it's got to be really complicated to actually make a huge difference in their life. It's not at all. It's just to have faith and belief in the small things that will make a fundamental difference compounded overall. It's often when I go to sell a house, I never walk into someone and say, the first thing I say to them is, I've just told you about everything I use and all the tools I use to sell the house and get the best value for the house and get the best result I can. Um, somebody actually wrote back to them this morning and said, sorry, I didn't pick you as my agent. I could only apologise because I'm actually just about to take off the market with the existing agent instead. Uh, after, after several months and only five viewings and an unsuccessful result, I noticed you've sold round the corner again way before mine has been sold as well I can only apologise for no picking you in the first place uh, and you know I kind of know that ship sailed so that's where I am right now I've got a funny feeling they want me to actually come come back from and list his house and but to me to me you know it's like do I want to invest the time and effort in somebody that didn't have the faith in me in the first place yeah uh, and it's going to be another then, costly mistake for him as well it, it, it is a very costly mistake for them, um, and and I'm going to have to do a wee bit of thinking about it, what I should do. But but the reality is, this person's actually realised that all these wee things that we do make a fundamental difference to compound to the overall result. And what he had looked at the time was the agent came to him and said, "If we don't sell it, we'll not charge it anything at all." And that's all he saw. He didn't realise the implications because he's not sold it. So great, he's no, he's no, he's no in charge anything, but he's not actually sold it at all. He's wasted all that time. In the first place. Yeah. Wasted all that time. I would have had it sold by now. Would have money in the bank, and the job would have been done. Yeah. So that shows you um, a, a huge thing, and it's all these small habits, as I said, that compound to that result. I'm going to be after. It's not one big thing. It does it. So if anybody else is out there, not for selling houses or anything, but this tells me straight away that creating new habits will take time. So be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Fall off the wagon. Brush yourself off. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. No like I do. I'm very, very <laughs> disappointed. No. Get back on the wagon again. No problem. We all stumble. Just go again. Try another strategy. Reinforce your commitment and consistency. And press on. And you'll receive huge payoffs. I said it the other day, life is like a camera. You take that picture, and sometimes that picture isn't doesn't come out as the picture you want. Well, I tell you what, take, take another picture. Yeah. And just just 
do it again. Do it again. You know where the result that you want. It might take you a longer time to get there. And as I keep saying, life gets in the way. So make life happen for you, not to you. That's the key indicator out of this. Your yeah. habits are likely to be formed unconsciously and aren't guiding you towards your ultimate goals. Habits are things that you do on autopilot. That's why it doesn't guide you towards your ultimate goals. You just do them on autopilot as they've been strengthened through practice over time. And so take control of your life and, and master your habits. You must remove these bad habits though and create a new good habit and stack on top of it. Richard, how can you take responsibility for your habits right now? What are the five key things that we need to learn? Another writing and learning moment. Five key things, write them down. These five key things for uh, taking responsibility for your habits is you must acknowledge the impact that habits can have on your life. Um, do so by considering the compound effects we've already spoken about. Do you know what I mean? How are these habits affecting you from maybe not being able to implement this compound effect into your into your day? Number two is you need to identify a significant uh, motivator for why you need to change your individual behaviours. Do you know what I mean? So, so you need to identify something that motivates uh, you to, to make the, these individual changes. Number three is set yourself attainable goals and visualise what success uh, relating to these goals will look like. To, uh, what will the success look like once you achieve these goals? Number four is remove bad habits uh, that are holding you back. And uh, it's as simple as that. If you've got bad habits that are holding you back, remove them. And number five is create good habits that will help you uh, elevate you towards your goals. Let me give you examples. Yeah. Okay, you said uh, you must acknowledge the impact of habits you can't yeah. have on your life. Um, do so by considering the compound effect that's spoken earlier. Okay, so the compound effect. You need to identify a significant motivator why you need to change for individual behaviour. And um, so, um, classic example, I've done so much effort to become a triathlete and with the plagued with injury and literally all my muscle mass has disappeared. I can no longer run marathons or ultra marathons. Um, I can barely run five kilometers now. Now, I'm right back to where I was at the very beginning. Anybody would think that, but am I really? Because I've still got the knowledge and expertise up in my brain, and I still understand that. So am I really back at the very beginning? You notice how I'm beating myself up by saying that? Mm-hmm. By saying you're right about it. That's not a good habit to form. So stop that right now. Just say you are where you are because of what's happened. Let's build on there again. And let's go again. Now, I don't want to get back to the ultra Mars. Um, I'm quite happy um, and content. Remember, content's the word that you're after, not happy. Because you'll never be happy every day. So if you're never happy every day, you'll be upset at these points. So content is a good one. So quietly content is probably the way you should be doing it. Um, so... Identify significant motivator why you need to change your behaviours. Well, I'll be honest, I'm putting a weight. <laughs> As most people do in this in this indication, because you're not doing all these habits that you need before. Yeah. Um, set yourself as attainable goals and visualise your success relating to these goals and what they look like. In other words, slim down version. I'm only yeah. need to lose a bit of stone, to be honest. 
but I want to be able to run again. I want to be able to run. I want to be able to have uh, lung capacity. And I might end up going to weights, and you know that's another story. Uh, yeah. That's another journey, a different, a different way of doing this because I might not be able to run anymore. Yeah. Um, remove the bad habits that are holding you back. So when it comes to walking past KFC, don't go in. <laughs> that's that's the answer to that. Um, when it comes back to Burger King, don't go in. It's not going to help you. Yeah. Don't reach to the drawer for the sweets or the crisps. Just leave them alone. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you go off. Get rid of them. Yeah. This is probably like an alcoholic pouring alcohol down the sink. (laughs) (laughs) Then running out to the shop and buying more because they realised they'd made a mistake. So there's a lot of thinking to do there. There's a lot of creating up there in bad habits. And then you've got to create good habits, um, as you said, to help you elevate towards these goals. So this is the thing about, you know, exercising the morning, just doing these small changes and habits starting. And then it takes on to the next change, the next change. There's There's no surprise I became a triathlete. Because I keep saying I was tricked, I was tricked by my friends into going out cycling on their mountain bikes. And then, after being out on my mountain bike, I then upgraded to, um, I think it was walking with my friends. And then I upgraded from there um, into actually having swimming onto this because I saw the Brown Brothers one morning on the telly on a Sunday morning and I saw them do triathlon and I thought, Oh, I could swim as well. I could probably do triathlon. So I never set out to become a triathlete. Yeah. I just, I just kind of have it stuck up until that point, and ended up thinking, "Hey, that sounds it. It's like climbing a mountain. You know how you get to the, the first summit, and then so, you realise, wait a minute, I've got another, I've got another bit to climb. I've got another bit. I've got another bit. Well, I've done it with Jibbing Tootbell, didn't I? It was like every, every bit. It was like, oh my God, no another bit, no another bit. So identifying the thing your core values, uh, you must find the inspiration of what motivates you. It doesn't need to be profound. It doesn't need to be a blue sky thinking. It can be something so simple. I just want to lose another stone. Okay, I'm not going to go about that. What do I need to do to get that? Do I really need to do it in a week, or two weeks, or a month? Can I do it over a year? Remember the, remember the expression I know, easy come, easy go. Yeah. You, if you drop it like that, I actually had a friend who said to me the other day, um, oh, I'm, just, I'm going to fast every day. I'm just going to eat one meal. That is not long-term sustainable when you think about the logic of that. Yeah. So you're not going to do that every single day. You're just going to do that to lose a stone. And then guess what? You're going to go put it all back on again. Because yeah. you're, you're not going to be able to do that. So you have to, you have to make these small changes in order to get that overall. So that's probably key. So it doesn't need to be found. Just have to, it just has to drive you towards your goal. Finally, you must, you must set short, compelling, and awe-inspiring goals. Yeah. You need you need that drive, you need that goal as your driver. Um yeah. to, to get you obviously in that frame of mind where you want to make these changes in order. For you to reach that goal. So yeah, the all-inspiring goals thing is, is definitely important. How do we eliminate bad habits, right? Yeah, so we spoke about we'll obviously have to, we'll have to do that, bad habits and things. So how do we eliminate bad habits? Well, I think you need to identify the things that are triggers. Uh, think of what the five W's are and uh, uh, attribute them to bad habits. And the five W's are why, what, who, when and where. And think about them when you're doing that. And then the second one would be 
eliminate these triggers from your current environment and, and think about your current environment and, and how to eliminate them from that. Number three is to substitute whatever the bad habit is with a good habit that provides you with a similar reward. So if it's eating sweets and things and, and, and it's the sugar rush, think about something, you know, I've started to do this as well. I've started to look fruit and yogurt instead of sweet things. Yeah. Um, I'm more a savoury savory person anyway, but sweet things like, but fruit and yogurt and things is, is sweet as well. So yes. try and swap that out. Here's the key, here's yeah. the key when it comes to sweet things. We are hardwired to save Mondays to want to eat sweet things because sweet things is hardwired in us to, to link to vitamin C. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. The food industry knows that. Hence the reason why they put fructose, they put everything going into, into food in order to sweeten it. Because if it's sweet, your, your brain keeps telling you to keep eating it because it associates it and says it's vitamin C when yeah. it's not. That that becomes a fundamental problem and that's, that's something you have to learn. So by understanding why you're doing it, you can then change that habit to replace it with something else. And it genuinely is something like, eat an orange. Yeah, but huge amounts of vitamin C. That should sort it. Drink water. Um, you know, Darren Brown talks about that. Was it Darren Brown? No, it was another one, another hypnotist. It's very famous. Actually, talks about it, about losing weight. It's when you're when you're desperate to eat something, you know, because you think you need to eat something. First of all, drink plenty of water. Yeah, because you usually find it's because of lack of water, not lack of food. Yeah, it's dehydration that makes you hungry as opposed to the actual needing food. Yeah. That's why when people who drink and things at the weekend think and, and they think they're so hungry. And really you've just you've deprived your body of the the right amount of water and you're dehydrated, you're not actually hungry. Why do you think you get the munchies in the morning after you've been in the night out? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's the exact reason. Because you don't realise it's not the food, it's water you need. Yeah. Um, and your body actually, your body starts. So what happens if you don't give your right nutrition in your body? Um, and this is this is quite frightening actually. This is what Tony Robbins told me years and years ago. If you don't if you don't eat the right nutrition, what happens is the rest of your organs actually your body actually takes the nutrition away from the rest of your organs in order for it to run properly. Mm-hmm. So you're actually not doing your heart any good, you're not doing your liver any good, you're not doing your lungs any good, you're not, you're not doing any of that any good. Because if you're not giving them the right nutrition, your body just steals it from them. Yeah. That's the reason why you, you, can, you can look ultra healthy on the outside, but your dietary requirements, your dietary requirements can be very, very unhealthy. And that's why a lot of people actually, they die when they're 55 and 50 years old. And everybody goes, but they were so healthy. Yeah. They never looked healthy, but they weren't healthy within. Their heart wasn't healthy, their brain wasn't healthy. They could all these habits that were unhealthy for their body. And that's why they died early. Maybe they looked fat and maybe tried to be fat, but they did everything else that was unhealthy. So these are all bad habits that you need to eliminate. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, number three was substitute bad habits with good habits, and that was like we say, or maybe swap them eating out, um, and eating un- unhealthy sweets or takeaways and things. Swap them out for something else, an alternative, or, or even swap them for an activity or something. Um, you could do that. And then number four is decide whether you can change any of these bad habits instantly. 
some habits are better removed slowly, obviously, you know, through time, but others are easier to just remove um, and do it cold turkey, as they say. Uh, and that's Tell me it. six easy steps. Tell me six easy steps, Richard. So you for, can create good habits. Yeah, for creating good habits, well, start as you mean to go on. Your motivation will always be uh, at its greatest on the first day you decide to do something um, or, or, or make that change. So if you start off with that good, uh, that uh, that momentum and motivation, keep keep that up as you go on. Uh, don't let that fade. Number two is eliminate as many barriers between you and your desired action. Um, for example, if you want to start eating better, make sure you remove all the unhealthy stuff that you, you usually eat out of your cupboards, out of your house completely. Because if they're there, you're going to end up going back to them. You don't want to throw it out. Put it somewhere where it's it. difficult to get it. Yeah. In other words, you've got to jump through a number of hoops to get it because more than likely, your brain says, oh, can't be Too much hassle. So it's too much hassle to go and try and get it. Put it out in the garage, in a cupboard, in the garage. In order for you to get that treat, you've got to go out, you've got to open, you've got to get the key for the garage, you've got to go and open the garage door, you've got to go into the garage, you've got to... It might be bullshit, it might be raining. And then you just think to yourself, is it really worth it? Can I be bothered? So that's that's how to remove that, but actually trick you and trick yourself into actually doing it, you know, to create a better habit by removing the bad habit. Yeah, definitely. And then number three would, is, is always focus on what the good habit will add to your life. Rather than oh, what, like what you're losing out on, think about if you're taking that away, where it's going to get you and what basically back to your goal. If it's weight loss, do you know what I mean? How, how good you're going to, going to feel at the end when you've lost the weight rather than eat it and feel guilty about still being overweight or, or, or not in the shape that you'd like to be. Uh, number four, make this change in, in, in habit public. So your habits being public will foster accountability and create a, a peer pressure that will steer you in the right direction. So similarly, if you find someone, somebody who you can update frequently. So if you've got a friend or somebody you could like and, and, and reiterate to them, this is what I'm doing and, and, and it kind of subconsciously keeps you on track. Well, look what I just did next year. I'm climbing Kilimanjaro. Yeah, and I made it very public. <laughs> I know, there you go. But this year, I climbed football, you know. Yeah. But I, I put it out there to, to basically, you know, to hold for everybody else to hold me accountable for it yeah. as well. And I thought, if I've said it, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's how to get accountability and just go out there and and become accountable for what you're saying. But you know. A classic example like that is if you go and put it out there and you don't do it, it's like the boy that cried wolf. Eventually, at some point in time, everybody just go, ah, he's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I go out and do it, and everybody goes, Jim always does what he says. He's pinned his colour, he'll pin his colour to, yeah. ma- to the mast and he'll do it, yeah. Yeah, and so when I tell somebody I'm going to do something, they know I'm definitely going to do it. Yeah. And then the next one would, would be number five is create small competitions with yourself such as beating your previous records. Now that could be maybe if you want to gradually start getting up early in the morning or going to your bed earlier, set a time and then maybe see if you can beat it slightly or, or likewise with with losing weight and things as well. It could be implemented to a lot of things. And finally, I think number six is celebrate by rewarding yourself when you're successful at implementing these good habits. Do you know what I mean? If you're, if you're doing it and you're consistently doing it and being successful, reward yourself in some way. Right. So, can I just interject with that one? Don't go yeah. and buy yourself Ferrari spider. No, no. Uh, within reason. I know, I know people that do that. 
Genuinely, I know people that do that. I go out and buy a Ferrari fucking Spider or a, or a, a McLaren, and it's like I rewarded myself. So what did you do? Oh, well, I bought two or three houses, and, and that's it, really. You think that justifies a, 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 a 170,000 spend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But, or, or I went on a first class um, you know, trip. Yeah. To the to the Bahamas or something like that. And, well, look at Las Vegas. First class to Las Vegas for ten days is twelve thousand pounds. Yeah, um, and some people actually reward themselves with that. And it's like, really, you've no done jack shit. No, I think you're rewarding yourself with twelve thousand pounds a flight. Well, look at for for example, you, Jim. I mean, obviously, to do first class and things, that's fine. And if but you've worked hard and, and been consistent with what you do for a lot of years to be able to do that. I've only just started. Uh, and that's what I mean. Started, only, yeah. That's, yeah. that's 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's I know. 30 years, and now I'm doing first class. Yeah. And you could have done that a lot earlier, but was it, would that have been the right choice? Probably not. Never, well, look at opportunity cost. I would never have got where it was. Yeah. Without exactly. doing that. So it's a huge difference. Yeah. So, so my, my, sex, my sex points there, the first one was the start as you mean to go on and, and your motivation and things. And I think that brings us on to the next point, which is momentum. Mm. to keep your momentum and some of our best intentions fail because we don't have a system um, of execution uh, so when it comes down to it your new attitudes and behaviours must be incorporated into your routines to affect any real positive change and a routine is something that you do every day uh, without fail so that eventually like brushing your teeth and, and putting on your seatbelt in the car and things you do it without without consciously thought like conscious thought to do it and then keep up the momentum to continue to do that look at there's a there's a classic example a person i can show you right now arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. pumping iron is just any one yeah he just, just does it it's, it's not it. yeah he doesn't say i've got to go at this time he just does it it's, mm-hmm. it's right up there with breathing yeah. That's that's what we're talking about. It becomes so ingrained in you, right up there with breathing, and and just existing. That's when that's when you build momentum. That is now indoctrinated into your psyche. You don't think twice about whether you should do it. Or not. You don't look outside and go, "Oh, that's a shitty day. I might as well do this. I might do that." If your gate is shown on the screen, then please kindly make your way to your designated gate. So, if your child is on the seat gate and your gate is open, please make your way there now. Unfortunately, the space is not working, so there will be delays and queues getting to terminal B and C. Please make sure you have at least twenty minutes to get there. Thank you. Well, maybe when it, it is odd that you haven't had your daily run. That's momentum. Yeah. So it feels odd that you've not done it or you haven't read your daily your daily book. But you've you know, really you got into doing something on your yeah. daily basis, yeah. And you yeah. And you, you you want to you want to be odd, missing. So you want to feel odd when you're missing a good daily habit. That's probably where momentum's key here. What's one yeah. way to build momentum then? Yeah, I mean, one way to build momentum is to really master your daily routines. One that I'm doing just now, and I don't do it every morning, but I'm got them building it in as fruit and cereal or fruit and yogurt in the in the morning. You feel so much better when you do it. So that's so build build things into your daily routine, um, and uh, 
look at what um, look at what happens every morning um, and what you do every evening, and, and, and look at that. And irrespective of what the details are, um, there's things that you could do. That there's things that people do without fail, and that's how they create because they've created that momentum. Um, as long as you have control of maybe what you do in the mornings or do in the evenings, like I say, obviously when I'm I'm starting to do this fruit thing, uh, you know you are starting and ending your day strong. Mm. So I think yeah. if you've got these things in place and you know that you're doing them consistently, it will make you feel that you are in control and that you're starting and ending your day well. If it's things that you've put at the, the start of the beginning of the day. Now, importantly, though, you have to remember this ritual. It has yeah. to create producing. It has to produce powerful results. Yeah. Um, and if it does, then don't be afraid to change your routine if it doesn't. Yeah. I think that's important. Although you want to be consistent, which is a good trait, and you want to be consistent and positive, that you're going the right direction. So if you notice part of your routine is no longer contributing positively, just swap it for something else that does. Yeah. I, mean, I think, yeah, when you go, yeah. With it, with it, I think with the start and end of your days of check, you can now start focusing on things like the weekly, the monthly, and the quarterly rhythms. What you do. Yeah. Build it up for there. Finally, I think, make your habit and ritual sustainable. This is a classic. People go, I go out for a 30 run, a 20 run every single day. That's fine. You're never going to be able to keep that sustainable. Never keep that. You, yeah. you, you can't do that because your body won't be able to keep up with that because you've not trained yourself to that level yet. So you have to build up towards that. You don't want to get burnt out straight away. This is what I talk about, about energy levels. Mm-hmm. So don't keep... So there is your there is your like point. There's your momentum here, right yeah. along on a line, just a marginal line. And you want to have an energy level just underneath it all the time. So when you need to pull out the bag, you just go above that momentum line, pull out the bag, and then come back. And you're back under that line again. You don't want to be up there all the time trying to sustain it above that level. That'll burn you out. Plus, surround yourself with supportive people that will understand um, these small changes in your life. Let's talk about influences. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the environment around uh, you hugely impacts... I mean, the environment around any human hugely impacts them. And therefore, exposing yourself to an environment that makes establishing the compound effect easier um, is, is really a smart choice. So exposing yourself to a positive environment, uh, it does involve taking control um, of information and really absorbing it. And um, the associations you make and the physical environments around you. Um, all have a contributing factor to that, and mm-hmm. I, it's amazing that we talk about Jim about the uh, the people that you associate with and 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 the environments that you you put yourself in really have an effect on who you are and how you perform and what you do as an individual. And I've learned that a lot over the years. Yeah, you hung about you hung about one successful people. Guess what you'll become? Yeah, unsuccessful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. You hang about with people that are extremely sick. Well, look at for a classic example. I had a friend, Alan. Alan used to say to me, I'm not going to go out and play golf with him. And I'm like, but then your friends, they don't push me. They don't pull me to a different level because they're not as good as me. Mm-hmm. I want to play with people that are better than me because they'll pull me up. And I want to be like that. 
Whereas if I played with the people that are not as good as me, you just say I've, I've got nothing to strive for. I just yeah, yeah just uh, there's no there's no enjoyment, there's no excitement out there. Um, so that was quite an interesting comment that he actually made, and it's it's stuck with me all these years. Yeah. So, what about taking control of like taking control of information? And I mean, we've got all the information in this today, but how to process it and, and get yourself in the right mindset? I think is really important, Jim. Right, and, and basically taking control of the, all that information. Yeah, your mind is first of guard against the garbage. Mm-hmm. Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Exactly what happens. You let crap into here. This is what you'll get as a result. You've got to put good stuff in your mind. Try to avoid the news. Try to avoid the media. You're going to watch it. Take you a pinch of salt. Look at the facts first. Don't just believe what they say. There's so many gurus out there, the fake gurus. Seems regurgitating the same message all the time. It's come from someone else. Yeah. It's influenced them. And then when I ask them, where's the basis of your assumptions there? Where is that information? Where have you come to these conclusions? Nothing. They don't have a clue. Yeah. They've just regurgitated what somebody else said. So, and, and secondly, join the drive time university. Your car is a mobile university. Yeah. You've got loads and loads of information of podcasts you can listen to while you're going away. The radio, sometimes it's just garbage for the mind. It might make you feel good at the, in the short term, but is it really achieving you for your future? Are you going anywhere with it? So you're just trying to absorb audiobooks and courses whenever you're, whenever you're unable to read conventionally. Somebody actually said to me the other day, it's like, oh, I, I, I read about 15 books a month. And I'm like, what? Really? It's like, no. They, they listen to 15 books. Yeah, books they listen to audio books, yeah. So I'm like, God, you must be a genius. Because <laughs> um, it takes me about it takes me about a month or two months to read a book. Um, but the retention's a lot a lot easier for me if I, if I read it physically. Yeah. Underline it, bookmark it, a future reference, because there's key indicators there. I think, oh, I can go back to that book anytime I want and see a real key piece of information there. Um, so that's what I do. Turn in the corner of the page up at the top, turn the corner of the page at the bottom, and highlight the phrase so I know I can come back there if I need it. Yeah. In that book itself. Um, so I think it's also about taking control of your associations. I mean, what, what, what can we say about yeah. the associations? Then? Yeah, for me, I, I, I just I, I picked up on that slightly just as we were talking through there and the people you associate with. And I mean, studies do suggest that. The people you you associate with could determine as much as 90, 95% of your success uh, or your failures in life. So, I mean, it really is important about who you associate with. Um, therefore, you must take control of your friendships and people that you spend time with. You must consider whether those that you're surrounding yourself with, are they supporting you? Are they inspiring you? And if not, then why are, why are they not uh, supporting you or inspiring you? And try and distance yourself from people that aren't. Um, I'm just looking at you smiling, Jim. What, what are you going to say? I remember, I remember years and years ago when I first started out, uh, going to my mum and dad and stuff like that, and says, "Look, mum, dad, sisters, brothers, I love you all. You know, you know, I love you, but I just can't be around you because your your talk is just negative talk all the time, uh-huh. and it and it affects me and it affects my mood. And um, and I hadn't built this neg shell, which is, you know." 
basically a, a negative shell around me to protect myself from it getting in. So I hadn't done that. So I actually genuinely went to some people and says, look, I know I love you and all the rest of it, and I'll go about with you, but I'm not listening to what you've got to say here. And if you keep saying it, I'm not going to appear anymore. Yeah. And I literally got to that stage because I thought, you're affecting my wealth mm-hmm. and my health as well. Yeah. So keep it, I, I, I kept away from these people. You know, so I kind of protect, I kind of prepare myself when I go to see certain people because I know how it's going to go. I know the script that they're going to say. I know it's going to be a negative um, um, interaction. So I just yeah. prepare myself. And I'm, and I'm not nasty or anything to anybody. I just know what's coming. That's all. Yeah. And I take it by a pinch of salt and I just go, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm, wonderful. <laughs> but I know, I, know what's, I know what's coming. So just prepare yeah. yourself. Um, yeah, I think it's important that we must really identify people who share the similar goals as us and values and and the determination that you've got yourself. Um, and then once you think, if you, if you find these people, they will help you build accountability. Yeah. Um, and, in, and, and, and what, like mentors as well, Jim. I mean, we must find mentors and advisors who can advise us on how to get where they are. And it's like you say, stand on the shoulders of giants thing. Um, it's, it's, it's paramount in this journey to being successful and building wealth and, and, and ultimately having the, com- the compounding effect work yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, but it's, be careful with these people. They must be in a position where you would like to be in the future, not just somebody that so talks the talk. Yeah. First thing Make I sure ask you... time. It's amazing the amount of people that are getting in touch with me over a period of time, like LinkedIn, for example, and say, you know, I could show you how to do this and I could show you how to do that. And I almost feel like saying, I tell you what, you write down your net worth and I'll write down mine. <laughs> and if yours is more than mine, I'll listen to you, which is very few. Mm-hmm. Because how could a broke man teach another man to be rich? No. It's impossible. And that's, that's what happens. That's what people do. Just genuinely think they're helping you, telling you what they think they know. And you kind of look at them and think, but you're unemployed. And you're skint. And you're knee-deep in debt. How on earth can you tell me who to be wealthy? But they don't realise that. So take it by a pinch of salt. Look at the person who's given you the advice and just ask yourself, is that where you want to be? Do you want what they've got? And if the answer to that is yes, then listen to them. Yeah. But be, be careful of the fools. You know, the fake gurus are out there. They want to create the tribe mentality, try to convince you that if you buy their course, you'll be in with these people. Uh, and and that will, that should elevate you to successful new heights. But I tell you what, don't be a professional functioner. Unless you actually do something and take action, you'll never get anywhere. You'll just feel good about yourself. And that's what they prey on. So be careful of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then I think to, to bring things to a close, I think ultimately it's it's taking control of your entire environment. Yeah. I think to, you really must eliminate all the incomplete, poisonous clutter that obviously stops you from getting where you are. And both psychologically and physically, um, these things can influence you and uh, they could influence your life. So these are the things you need to concentrate on and change. And it's all through choice. And um, like we say, obviously, the, the, the choices and the habits that you create um, to then ultimately compound yourself to a position of success. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I've got a wee bit of smile on my face because I'm kind of thinking to myself, just be careful you didn't go back to the people that you realise now that have held you back and, and, and say to them, you know, something. Because they'll not understand what you're about to say to no. them. Because they're obviously so, in a different journey and a different position for you. Listen, I would have been way further forward in my property journey and actually buying a I would have had more than I've got now in terms of the number of properties. And I'm probably financially free a lot earlier if I hadn't listened to my next door neighbour years ago when I bought my first house. This guy was a professional person. He was um, in the council. He was in the council and he had a job. And I said, look, you know, I was thinking about property investment. I must have been about, I think, about 18 years old. And he immediately says, oh, I tried that before. You didn't want to do that because it just costs you money and it's no worth it. Yeah. And I thought, okay. And all of a sudden, because I respected him, that thought went right to the back of my mind and I buried it until later on. When it became to a point where it's like, I'm an accountant now. How am I not a millionaire? <laughs> I thought that's what was going to get me. <laughs> I didn't realise yeah. that that wasn't going to get me to where I was going. Um, but I did realise once I got it, because I thought, so I'm not going to make anything else out of this other than do something. So I had to then find mentors that could allow me to do that and get in touch with the right people. And luckily, my journey took me to the doorstep of the people that I actually set me, allowed me to set me free. And I'm still yeah. friends online with them today. Um, and I don't think they realise how much they've done for me mm-hmm. over these years and what their knowledge and teaching so much that helped me. Um, and I literally didn't pay them a penny for what they did. It was it was it was less than the price of university. I didn't loan any money, I didn't have any student loans. I got educated from people that retired at 25, 35 years old, 30 year old, financially free for the rest of their life. Um, and I was lucky to I was lucky to be in that group at that time. Yeah. Um, but literally, it never cost me anything in comparison to what it would cost for a university education. Now, university education nowadays, how much does it cost you? 50,000 in debt. Yeah. No guarantee, no guarantee of a financially free, no even guarantee of a job. Now, is that really the way to go? Possibly for the people that want to specialise in what they're doing. Um, but for the people that are just doing running the mill and just think it might get me a decent job, yeah, great, it might do. But remember, once you get your decent job, when you get your money in, the first thought is, what do I invest in and what have I got left to spend? Yeah. Probably the best advice I can ever give anybody. Not, what can I spend and what have I got left to invest? Yeah, definitely the other way around. So don't don't start writing in and saying, <laughs> it's like you're, you're trashing the university system. I'm not. No, no, some there's people, nothing wrong with it. We've been educated and things as well. But, well, I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm a trained accountant. You know, yeah. um, I went through seven years of accountancy and training and national, uh, high national diploma in accountancy and professional exams as well. Um, so I know exactly what it's like. But I, I really truly believe if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah. Um, it's like what so, we, we, we... Sorry, I, I just say it's like what we said about my position and the things like I went and studied to... Uh, obviously accelerate myself in a different working position to then yeah. then give myself a better salary to then obviously give me, do you know because that's your primary source of income and things so you mm-hmm. need to obviously get yourself into that position um, first and foremost and if education is the way to do that then of course it's all the small steps it will have in the beginning isn't it it's all the small yeah. steps we did in the beginning to get to where we are you know 
it's the classic example is how do you go from homeless and unemployed to, to, to that sort of level and that's exactly the reason how yeah. and that's exactly the way to do it so I don't I, I can't disagree with that for me that was the route mm-hmm. um, and for, for most people and I still do that today you know I make money in one field and I invest in another field but I also invest in another field as a result and then I use the money I'm making in each of these fields and I invest in other areas as well so so it's a multiplying effect so I'm effectively making money on the money on the money on the money and then making money on that money and it's the same money but I'm, it's almost like I'm making five times the amount of money on the original money yeah like that it's compounding that's, that's compounding in a that's, a, that's the prime example of compound, yeah, compound but effect. I'll go back to the very beginning the lesson in the beginning I'll give you three million in the hand right now or I'll give you one pence doubled up for 31 days and in 19 days, that one pence will be 5,243. But in 31 days, it'll be over 10 million pounds. That's the faith and belief you have to have in yourself. Yeah, and that's, 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 that's what I would end on, basically. Yeah, because yeah, that 19 days, people, it's at that point, people might start to lose faith. Uh, and But really, if you persevere and let that compound up, the 31 days, obviously, you see yeah. the end result. Yeah, no, that's a good finish to that, Jim. Um, and thanks for joining. I know, obviously, you are uh, remotely located today, but um, I think that went well. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Like I say, any comments and things, still put them on the rerun or whatever. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I'll let you go, Jim. And we will be back next Monday, 12.30, as usual. And uh, we'll see everybody then. OK, bye-bye for now. OK, thanks, Jim. Thanks, everybody. Bye.